I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 368. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I'm so excited to talk about the topic inspired by our song this week. Jordan Feliz sings about the return of Christ in his song, Jesus is Coming Back. It's a topic worth diving into to make sure we know what scripture says about it for ourselves. So before we jump into scripture, and we have a ton of ground to cover this week, let's listen. So keep your head up. a couple of ways you could approach studying about the coming of Christ. You could simply Google verses related to the second coming of Christ and then start studying. I hesitate for you to do that because the Google can be a very dangerous place of rabbit holes and false teaching if you don't watch your sources. But I want to take the bite of exploring what God's word has to say about this topic. Now, BITE is just an acronym, B-I-T-E, for Bible Interaction Tool Exercises. And exploring a topic is a bite I don't take often because I love to read larger chunks of scripture. But it's so important when you want to know what all of scripture says about a thing. And when that topic is really a doctrine of our faith, You can take the bite of consulting an outside resource like a systematic theology book to help you put all of the pieces together. Now, I referenced the systematic theology book that I use and recommend, uh, and I'm going to put that in the show notes. I encourage you to ask your pastor what systematic theology book he would recommend. There are many good ones out there. It might even spark a conversation with your pastor that you've never had before. But before we dive into this outside resource, I want to address what systematic theology is. By definition, it is a systematic study of the principal doctrines of the Christian faith. And the return of Christ is one of those doctrines. Now, if we take that word theology and we break it down, we see that it's made up of theos, meaning God, or theos, meaning God, and ology, which comes from the Greek word logos, that means word or idea or logic. And we, we've heard about Logos before, right? In John chapter 1, uh, Christ is referred to as the Word. Um, it makes sense, right? We're familiar with all sorts of ologies, like biology is the word or idea or logic about life. It's the study of life. So theology is the study of the word or idea or the concept or logic of God himself. Now, systematic theology is not applying a predetermined system to our study of God. So when it says systematic, it's not saying, 
I'm going to put God into this box, this system that I've already created. Rather, it seeks the system within the Bible predicated on the knowledge that God has revealed himself through his word and that the Bible is his word and that when God reveals himself, he does it according to his own character and nature and that that nature is not uh, of one of chaos and confusion, but rather one of order. So in systematic theology, we're coming to the whole scope of scripture and we're looking at every piece that the Bible offers to see how it all fits together to then develop our doctrine or our beliefs about something. If this brief discussion interests you at all, I encourage you to check out R.C. Sproul's video where he explains this in greater detail. Many of my notes on this topic today came from that video. I'll link to it in the show notes. I think it's like 20, 25 minutes. It's really easy to watch. Uh, You can find the show notes at michellekneesat.com forward slash 367. While you're there, go ahead and subscribe to my website. I'll email you the show notes every Monday morning. They'll be conveniently in your inbox each week. Now, one more thought on theology in general comes from C.S. Lewis, who said this, if you do not listen to theology, that will not mean that you have no ideas about God. It will mean that you have a lot of wrong ones, bad, muddled, out of date ideas. Interesting. All right. So I had a conversation this week with a friend who said, well, I think, and then started to talk about a belief that she had. The problem with that is that it was based on a little of what she's read in scripture and a whole lot of what she's been taught or read outside of scripture that may or may not align with what scripture says. I encouraged her to move from, well, I think to, well, what the Bible says is, all right? So my prayer is that you have a what the Bible says mindset. I pray that you take the time to read it for yourself, meditate on it, let it change the way you think. This pattern will prove especially helpful when we start to wade into topics like the future return of Christ because there's so much we don't know and won't know until he comes back. But there's one thing I do know because scripture makes it clear there will be a sudden, visible, personal, bodily return of Christ. Jesus is coming back. So let me show you how I know that through scripture. Now, as I mentioned, I use a systematic theology book. I use Wayne Grudem's systematic theology. I'll link that resource in the show notes as well. I actually purchased this book on Kindle because it's a rather large tome and it's easier to search in the Kindle app, especially because it's more of like a resource book. It's a reference book, not necessarily one that you read cover to cover. It absolutely does build on itself. You could read it from cover to cover, but it's also really, really useful when you're searching for a particular topic like we are today. Now, here's how I used it this week. I picked out the three sections that I wanted to address on the podcast, and then I made a listing of the verses associated with that section. Then I went to blueletterbible.org, and I used the multiverse retrieval feature. I will put the listing of the verses in the show notes so that all you have to do is copy and paste that list into this feature and try it out for yourself. This was a tip given to me by my listener, Thomas, and it really came in handy this week. When you plug in the verses or copy and paste the list I give you and then click retrieve, it puts all of the verses and references in whatever version you choose in a copy and paste box. So cool. So then I would use this list to go and read those individual verses. And then I would take those verses and go read them in context of the whole chapter of each text. For example, Matthew chapter 24, verse 44 says, So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. 
But when you go and read the entire chapter of Matthew 24, you learn a lot about the end of the age and the second coming of Christ. And if you keep reading, you'll see three parables that Jesus teaches to ensure that we are prepared for that day. So all of this is going to take some work on your part, but I find that one of the main complaints that people have in trying to read their Bible is that they really don't know where to start. So this will give you direction to really dive into scripture in a focused way. And then if you add the bite of reading in context, you will take in more of scripture than just one verse at a time. So again, scripture teaches us that there will be a sudden, visible, personal, bodily return of Christ. There are 10 scriptures in the in the list I'm giving you. I want to take a couple on the podcast today. We've already talked about Matthew 24, 44, which reminds us that the return of Christ will be sudden, right? It said it will be at an hour when we do not expect him. That's pretty sudden. And I love what we learn in Acts chapter 1. I'd like to read it in context together. Dr. Luke is writing to Theophilus, telling him the details of the early church. And here's how it starts Acts 1, verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. Verse 10, they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Okay, so the truth that there will be a sudden, visible, personal, bodily return of Christ. We know a few, we we notice a few things here. Jesus was alive and eating with the disciples um, he gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He he left in a body, like a body that could eat, obviously, and he will come back in a body. He was visible to them, and when the angels spoke to the disciples, they confirmed he will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. Jesus himself in a body on a cloud. And when you explore the remaining verses in this section, you'll see several things. Um In Matthew 24, the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. John 14, uh, Jesus says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, the Lord himself will come down from heaven. Hebrews 9, he will appear a second time. James 5, the Lord's coming is near. 1 John 3, when Christ appears, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Revelation 22, yes, I'm coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Revelation 1, look, he's coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. Now, I'm not saying you didn't already believe that there will be a sudden, visible, personal, bodily return of Christ. But now you know why you believe it. Because God's word says so. 
in many places, in many ways. And to that point, I recently read an excerpt from one of A.W. Tozer's books that talked about the importance of taking into account all of the texts, the very effort that we're making today. He writes, lack of balance in the Christian life is often the direct consequence of overemphasis on certain favorite texts with a corresponding underemphasis on other related ones. So as you really dive into these scriptures this week, be careful that you don't place too much emphasis on one area over another. All right. So our next statement of truth based on scripture is that we should eagerly long for Christ's return. And there are five different references given in my systematic theology text, but I want to look closely at the one in Philippians. So Philippians 3.20 says this, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we read carefully in context, we can absolutely take away the truth that we should eagerly long for Christ's return. But what's the but there for, right? In verse 20, it says, it starts out by saying, but our citizenship is in heaven. So this verse is in contrast to something in the preceding verses. Let's read it in context really quick. I'd love for you to read the entire chapter, okay? But for the sake of the podcast, we're going to start in verse 17. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. So when we use the bite of compare and contrast, we see that our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await our Savior to return suddenly, visibly, personally, and bodily. Contrast that with the enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is not heaven, but destruction. Their God is not the Lord Jesus Christ, but their stomach. Their glory is in their shame. I'm thinking of the Grammys right now. I did not watch it, but I saw news reports. And it is very the very definition of the glory is in their shame. And our glory is in Christ, whose plan is to transform even our bodies to be like his. So as Revelation says, come Lord Jesus. And then as with the previous section, I'll go ahead and list out the references for you to try that multiverse retrieval tool for yourself, send you on your way into God's word, four different chapters, five different chapters um, in this one section. Okay, so far we have explored these conclusions from scripture. Number one, there will be a sudden, visible, personal, bodily return of Christ. Number two, we should eagerly long for Christ's return. Now let's talk about the fact that we do not know when Christ will return. Uh, we already saw this when we explored Matthew 24, 44, but just as a reminder in the red letters, Jesus teaches us. So you must also be ready because the son of man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. All right. So Jesus says it again in Matthew 25 at the end of the parable of the virgins. He says, therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. 
But I want to explore Mark 13 a little more. It mirrors a lot of what was recorded in Matthew chapter 25. As I um, read through all of it in context, I noticed uh, verse 26 and 27. It says, And that time people will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. There's our cloud. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now, remember, because he's coming again, like he left in the clouds, right? So then in verse 32 and 33, it says, but about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know what time, when that time will come. All right. So if Jesus doesn't know when that day or hour is, anyone who claims to know should immediately be dismissed. What is Christ's conclusion about this? You don't know when the time will come. So be on guard and alert, always ready. Okay, so now we know that there will be a sudden, visible, personal, bodily return of Christ. We know we should eagerly long for Christ's return. We know that we do not know when Christ will return. And on a related note, Christ could come at any time. And I have 17 scriptures in the show notes for you, but I want to explore just a couple more before we wrap up. Um, if you do what I'm encouraging you to do, which is read these verses in the context of the full chapter, then you will have already spent time in Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 25, Mark 13, and Philippians 3, just based on the discussion we've had today. All right. In fact, perhaps you should take the bite of sharing with a friend. <laughs> okay. In fact, I think Hebrews 10, 25 encourages this bite. It instructs us to not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So what day is the author of Hebrews talking about, right? So he's wanting you to meet with some friends all the more because you see the day approaching the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is the return of Christ. In fact, that's the title to the section in 1 Thessalonians 5, this last large chunk of scripture that we're going to explore on the podcast today. It starts out this way, verse 1. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. Now, perhaps you're familiar with the idea that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, sudden and unexpected. We've even talked about the fact that we don't know when it'll happen and that it will happen suddenly. But listen to this beautiful clarification by the Apostle Paul. In verse four, he says, but you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. So while it can happen at any time and it will be sudden and we don't know when it's going to happen. We will not be surprised. Jesus is coming back, my friend. You can be assured of this. So no, we're not going to be surprised because we're eagerly expecting it. And as our song says, we're going to keep our heads up and stay awake and be ready. All right. So you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. Why? Because as Paul continues, you are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us. So that whether we're dead or alive, we may live together with him. 
Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. All right, one final challenge as you read in context, using these scriptures to get started, be on the lookout for the results that should be evident in our lives. And what I mean is, We know that there will be a sudden, visible, personal, bodily return of Christ. We see that we should eagerly long for Christ's return. We understand that we do not know when Christ will return because he could come at any time. So what? If you're on the lookout for the so what, you will see many results that should be evident in our lives. I'll get you started. We just read in 1 Thessalonians that we're to encourage one another and build each other up. We mentioned Jesus instructing us to keep watch. James tells us to be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. First Peter tells us to be alert and sober-minded so that you may pray because the end of all things is near. John says we'll be blessed if we hear and take to heart what he records in the book of Revelation because the time is near. So as you're looking deeply into the context of these verses, be on the lookout for the so what's. That should be reflected in our lives because in the words of Jesus, in the second to last verse of the Bible, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come Lord Jesus. So what's next? We'll grab the verses in the show notes at michellekneesat.com forward slash 368. Use them as a launching point to read them in context, learning all you can about what the Bible says about the return of Christ our Lord. While you're in these larger sections of scripture, be on the lookout for how we are to respond to this truth that Jesus is coming soon. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneesat.com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneesat or Instagram at michellekneesat or on Facebook. My public page is michellekneesat and we can talk about what you're learning. Uh, Big news, I am now a part of the NRT Podcast Network, a network of podcasts associated with New Release Today. Now, NewReleaseToday.com is the most innovative and largest Christian entertainment site online. It exists to inform fans immediately about each week's new releases. I'm super excited to be a part of this network and check, uh, watch show notes and additional resources. I'll be linking back to many of their resources as I have over the past seven years of the podcast. I've used their resources a lot, so I'm excited to be on the team, so to speak. So if you haven't joined the 30-Day Music Challenge yet, I highly recommend it. The challenge is to listen exclusively to Christian music for 30 days. You're never too late to jump in. Just submit your name and email address at michellekneesat.com forward slash 30 day challenge and you're in. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank my newest subscribers to my website like Marie from Georgia, Poncha from West Virginia, Kay from Florida, RKT from Indiana, Becky from Arizona, Clara from Minnesota and Bridget from North Dakota. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website benefit from a one page resource of my top five bites. That'll be a great place for you to start. Uh, You will also benefit from that weekly email that I've talked about. And in that, I put a a memory verse resource. And again, in that, I recap the week's episode, give you the show notes, and you get instant access to any of the extra resources I create for my episodes from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneesat.com to subscribe today. Now, have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? Uh, It really does encourage me, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast.
Of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneesat.com through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using the song Who Could by Meredith Andrews to point us to scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 368. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.